there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to F1 with DRS. Hello, gentlemen. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. I just learned that Matt had a similarly striped shirt mm-hmm. as mine, but chose not to wear it because it was dirty. Well, I wore it for three days. Okay, great. Because I was going to ask, how many days does everybody try to get out of? Let's go tops first. It all depends if I put deodorant on again that day. If I just put it on in the morning and I wore it all day long, chances are those It's pits, a wrap on that one? Those pits have a bit of a stench. <laughs> okay. But if you double up on your antiperspirant. Then I'm good to go. You can get three days out. Uh-huh. Charlie? Anytime the shirt comes off, it goes in the dirty clothes. Oh, really? So it might be a couple hours. That doesn't shock me. Yeah. You're very um, tidy, but there's a better word for it. I just feel like I can feel that it's been worn. Once it's... Out of the laundry, I put it on, it feels fresh. As soon as I take it off and put it back on, it just feels worn. Soiled. When I used to have a bit more of a gut, though, I'd sometimes change my shirt twice a day. Because? Because the shirt would, like, if I wasn't sucking in, the oh. shirt would form to my belly. Oh, get stretched and then out a little if bit. if I was sucked in, the belly would still be there, so I would change my shirt multiple times a day to feel like I looked skinnier. Wonderful. What a tactic. I hope yeah. people pick up on that if that's <laughs> happening to them. How about you, Jethro? Uh, I'm with Charlie. Every single day, at least. That's the right way. I guess if I get up and um, got to do the school run or something before I have a chance to have a shower, then then I might put one back on. But it's only until I uh, get back in the shower. So I try, I try and just single stint the shirts. Mm-hmm. And it tracks that way. If you just you can judge a book by its cover in this situation, I think. Like if you look at Matt and I right now, we look dirtier than you guys. You definitely look cleaner and yeah. like you smell better. <laughs> I would argue I don't smell bad at all, but you guys look a lot cleaner. I just, I smell around. I pick up a shirt I like. I sniff it, get in the pits. You know, I get everywhere. I'm like, no, this shirt smells great. And then I put it back on, barring any stains, of course. But I'm going to wear it till I detect that it smells. For me, it's that fit. I can just feel it. It's not even that I got a stain on it or that it smells. The sagging. It's, yeah, it just doesn't, I want it. Taut. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. I want that fabric to feel freshly <laughs> to really dried. Yeah. Squeeze really pop, you. Squeeze and, and accentuate. And accentuate all the hard work you've been doing. That's right. Like little pork intestine squeezing that sausage. <laughs> you are sausage-like in the <laughs> density that the meat is packed into this, yeah. <laughs> the sheath. Speaking of which, and this is an inadvertent plug for Slab LA, uh, and Jethro, I hate to tell you this because you haven't had it yourself, but they've got the best barbecue restaurant here in LA now. And they've got a hot link, a Louisiana hot link slash kind of a kielbasa. Mm-hmm. And they went ahead and filled the middle of that motherfucker with cheese. And peppers. And peppers. Oh. And I got a round of them this weekend. Oh, you went back in. I went back yeah. in. And then last night I got home from Let's Go Girls, Shania Twain. Oh. Did, 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 did. 
Got home from the concert at like, I don't know, 11. It was like, okay, I get to bed. We got F1 in the morning. I was like, mm, got to eat two of those hot links though before we get under the covers. <laughs> I mean, I, I love any barbecue. That is substantially better than anything I've had here. Oh, totally. I, it's, it's Austin level, especially that brisket. Oh. Wet as hell, huh? Nice and crispy on the outside oh. too. That's, oh. Can you get any good barbecue in uh, London town there? I'm sure you can get it in London. Uh, I live north of London and you definitely can't get it around here. It's not such a big cultural thing, I don't think, in the UK. So it's you get smokehouses, but definitely not to the level that you guys have it. It's weird to me that it is cultural just because... It's objectively good. Well, that and it's just so basic. It's the original form of cooking. Maybe that's the problem for the Brits. It's too primitive. Primitive, yeah. Okay, so I think there's a couple of housekeeping things that we should address immediately. There was, since our last episode, something that Matt described as the greatest sports competition he's ever witnessed in his life. Okay, so just really quick, let's start at what inning was it that they were 10-0? It's double elimination playoffs, and they've lost once. So So do or die. Do or die. They won two of those do or die games, and this was the third. They were down going into the fourth 10-0. 10-0, Jethro. They were talking about mercy so in the game. if they didn't score a run in the top of the fourth, it would have been called. And uh, Like the wrestling in Olympics. Yes. It's just dangerous for you to be out here At with such point, a low you, skill At this point, you don't level. belong, yeah. Yes. yeah. You shouldn't be handling a Detrimental. bat. Detrimental. Yeah. Yep. And they got, they got on the board. They got maybe two or three runs. Ace hit a bomb. It was awesome. And then they pitched a shutout, and then it was on, just like rallied back. To go up 11 10 okay. and then the floodgates were open and they scored 12 or 11 so it was the 22. coach is like anyone here not get a home run yeah okay Petey, you're up it was insane <laughs> 21 to 10 was the 22 final or 20, to 10 22 to 10 and like aces team looked like they were in going up to that last out bat they looked like they were almost in tears like it was devastating it was over and then the turn, and then at the end of the game, the other team, it was so kind of sad to watch, like, every kid's in tears, and it was, like... Demoralized. But, they're, like, the one kid hit, I think, he went up, and he doesn't look like the best hitter, and he got hit with a pitch, okay. and celebrated like he got a home run. He got to first base, <laughs> he was jumping around, <laughs> dancing on first base, it was some of the cutest shit, and the umpire looked at me and Ryan, who have no children in the game, are just- <laughs> You used to look like pedophiles. We had a huge bucket of candy, we had a couple of cameras going, no kids. I don't know why anyone had their feathers ruffled over this. Oh, We just love sport, love yeah. youth sports. I've had a traumatic experience with that before. I actually went to- my nephew's soccer game, and I was riding my motorcycle, and it was a hot day. I was shirtless. I had like a leather vest on. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. That's the material. And, as you do. So I pull up, and I used to have a beard that was like about five inches long, and my hair was like long. And so I pull up to this tournament, and I start walking, and I notice a couple of people are following me. And I'm of like, what, what is happening? So I go up to my sister. I'm watching the game, and this woman who's obviously organizing comes over to me and she's like, um, can I help you? And I was like, uh, I, d- I don't know what you mean. And my sister's like, oh, so, so-and-so, this is my brother, Matt. She's like, oh, phew, phew, we were really worried about this man and we were following, we didn't know why he was here. So yeah, they're like predator. thinking I was a predator walking yeah. around this soccer game. 
Okay, uh, Monaco, I got to say, great weekend from my point of view. Headline, really, really fun weekend. Um, I thought the practices were really fun. The, the coverage is dramatically better now that F1's doing it. That's <laughs> they kind let of us know. Inarguable. They couldn't stop patting themselves on the back, especially about the heli shot. They had a helicopter, and it had revolutionized the telecasts, according to them. Yeah, it was, a, it was so fun the whole weekend. Even the race, you know, it was super exciting. It wasn't the lull in action that we expected and i was kind of worried about it, especially after qualifying that was so exciting oh i was like all right well at least we got this but certainly the race won't kind of live, live up, up to yeah. It. yeah as far as quality goes i know i've probably seen more exciting ones but i i just can't remember now because it was so dramatic it was so good how oh, that fucking lap go ahead jethro tell us how i was just gonna say it was it was just so good it's funny isn't it the headline out of the weekend is verstappen on pole verstappen wins the race it sounds like it could have been any weekend but it was awesome and qualifying was so good like we had everything from like wasn't sonoda at the head of the field yeah. in one of the in one of the qualifiers there was like Albon was right up there. And then it genuinely looked like Alonso was going to get it, didn't it? Ocon first out of nowhere. And then Alonso was like, he's, he's done it. He's actually done it. And then Verstappen pulls out the mother of all final sectors, doesn't he, to get pole. So it was awesome. I, I love qualifying at Monaco. It's just the best. You wouldn't know this, Jethro, because you were fast asleep at this point, but you had sent us a text and it borders on a violation. Remember, again, to repeat, and it's worth repeating, <laughs> the only acceptable text is, have you watched Quali yet? I was going to say something, and I didn't <laughs> want to put you on, because it was yeah. really uh, borderline, but I didn't, didn't want to. No, you violate. Like, I, we got to address I this. I did not violate. I <laughs> yes. was very careful no. just to say. I can tell you were you careful. You guys will it enjoy it. Yeah. You boys are in for a treat. Is Oh, <laughs> I know. Okay, so let me walk you through, because Matt was, we watched Quali <laughs> together, and we had to walk through this fucking bomb you dropped on our lap. What's ironic and hilarious is that all of our resentment towards you turned out to be absolutely upside down because i was like okay well obviously he's not writing you're gonna love it if everything goes exactly as expected that's yeah. the first clue yeah. why would i love something <laughs> i knew was gonna happen it was highly predictable so something crazy's happened well what would be i'll tell you what's not crazy is max getting pulled mm -hmm. yep so we were watching the whole thing going like, okay, well, he's starting this fast lap, but clearly he's not going to make it. Yeah. So uh, in a weird way, I will say, I was so <laughs> mad at you because clearly Max didn't get pull if it was this exciting, and yet the motherfucker did, yeah. and we weren't expecting it. So I, and I'm giving you a pass on this one time because it worked out okay, yeah. but you were dancing on razor blades with <laughs> we that were pass. so excited because we did not expect Max to do it. So the anticipation did grow. Yes. I, I did spend a long time looking at that text thinking, is this okay? Is this not okay? And then I was thinking, well, if I send this, they're going to assume Max doesn't get pole, and then they're going to have this whole internal dialogue going on. And I, you know, I hope it did enhance the uh, qualifying session, but it was, it was on the edge. And no one wrote back for a solid 36 hours. <laughs> Yes, that's a great point, Charlie. It should have occurred to you when no one responded for 36 hours that it was a bombshell. <laughs> no one even put anything, no reaction, nothing, just 36 hours of silence. I, I saw just that, like, I hadn't even opened it, and I saw that first line. I thought, fuck, there's probably more. Like, if he's gone this rogue, saying, what a great, you boys are going to be so excited, whatever it was. <laughs> you boys were in for a treat. That's what I said. You, <laughs> you boys are in for a treat. I didn't give anything what away. A dick. <laughs>
Uh, you might as well have said, you're going to be happy, Dax. It was so topsy-turvy. Like, if it had just been something ridiculous like Yuki being on pole, I wouldn't have said anything. But the yeah. fact that it was just a really awesome qualifying session, I thought was acceptable. But I will, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'll probably refrain in future. Just rein it in a little bit. I mean, that was, <laughs> okay. that was rough. There's a few circuits where we get this qualifying where it's like whoever's last to go is going to win. And those are super exciting. Like the last car on the track is going to get it. And it leads to that time keeps dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. And it's so exciting. But anytime one of these guys paints themselves, it tends to generally be Charles or Max, where they literally are crossing the line with 13 seconds left to start their lap. And you just know like, well, this is everything. Yep. This is the lap. There'll be no second lap. The fact that that's when those two are at their greatest is really something to behold. And at Monaco, you never know when someone else puts it in the wall, someone stops. And I got to say, from just the outside of the car, it was so obvious. You just saw that Max was at 100.0% on that last oh, lap. The way yeah. it was exiting turns and rubbing every single rub just kissing that oh, just yeah. like did he you guys see that. this meme of his wheels post quali lap uh-uh oh front and rears the whole rim like he parallel parked it is all gouged to fuck out he was on the rim in every corner it's like eric's <laughs> rims on his brand new tesla <laughs> yes yes <laughs> but, but as a result of opposite skill level i will say it does not look fun <laughs> to drive there some of the tracks i think like oh this would be awesome this is something i'm never gonna do that one i don't want to be in a race car driving that it's like having your gt in la sitting on the 101 it's like yeah what are we doing here? I'll tell you, though, and I bet Jethro feels the same. It appeals to me so much because my favorite part is it's a mess, right? That one part of the track and back where they've got to jog around what is a jump in the asphalt. Yes. Yeah. They got to go yeah. real hard right, then hard left back to make that right-hander. And the bubble of asphalt is the size of like a Volkswagen bug's roof. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, if they hit that dead on bullseye, they're launching for a while. So I just, to me, that would be as close as you could get to being in a real life bank robbery where you're leaving in a city yeah. and you're driving for it's life or death. That's the thing. It's death or glory. It's mm. awesome. Yeah. It's, it, it's right on the wire. That's what I love about it. And you could, yeah, when you could see Max, particularly that last sector coming through what the swimming pool or whatever, yeah. it just looked ridiculous. It almost looked fast forwarded. Just like by 10%. And even, even Brundle, who's commentating, was like taken aback by the <laughs> level of commitment. It was it was yeah. so good. Uh, yeah, I like the idea around there. I think what is really interesting is just seeing how much energy is in the car when they do crash. Because like everything's perfect, everything's under control. And literally, isn't it? It's like a tenth of a second later, there's wheels hanging off and they're in bits. And it's like, that's the ultimate, I think. Well, the thing I was thinking about it that is really, really unique and must be so hard for them is that anytime the back end steps out just a little bit, they make that little counter correction with the wheel, but there's no place to counter correct on the track. So the second you save the back, you've ensured your front's going straight into the barrier. And it's like, yeah. Oh my God, they got to have two sets of muscle memory. Like Monaco muscle memory should be just ride that drift. Like there was one Max did. It was like, he would have been so much better. He could have probably drifted through the entire turn, but that instinct to correct. And then there's just nowhere to go. I didn't realize skipping the curb was putting their car in a better position. Like when they're skipping that curb, 
they're swinging their car around so their car yeah. ends up straighter and they can step on they're it. They're hooking like, the front end it's to unbelievable. drag the back around. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're literally on purpose throwing around. It's like they're one shooting car. a a a a a tarpoon. What? Harpoon. They're shooting a, a tarpon with a harpoon. <laughs> yeah, it's like like Batman would shoot a tarpoon mm. at the corner of a building and then make a hard right turn. Yeah. It's kind of what they're doing with the front wheel. Okay, and then just one other funny thing I thought that was happening throughout P1 through 3 was that multiple cars had to be uh, lifted off the track with the crank. Oh, genius, yeah. And they're making such a big deal about people uh, seeing the floor panel. No one was taking pictures of the Merc floor panel. No. <laughs> when it was high in the air, no one gave a fuck about taking a peek well, at Well, this their... is their brand new secret thing, though, isn't it? So these cars, because they're ground effect cars, the I think I, was, I heard something like the previous set of rules probably generated 25% of the downforce from under the car, and the rest was over the top. And these new cars are well over 50% from the underfloor oh. as compared to the top. So it's a much more even split and more towards the floor. So, yeah, it's the key... It, it looks just like an ugly piece of black carbon fiber or whatever, or plastic with a plank along the bottom as well. But that's where all the magic is. So yeah, Mercedes on their big upgrade, immediately getting pointed <laughs> yeah, for everyone to see. But Red Bull had the same, so I'm sure that's the one everyone was taking photos of. Oh, I guarantee there's like a, a blow up on every team fucking headquarters right now. It's on every single screen, and they're all in a boardroom watching it right now. Yeah, mass text to the company, study this. I think they should figure out how they're making the car so strong, because it looked like Perez crashed into every other car and every barrier yeah, in the course God. of a single race. <laughs> I know, I've never seen anyone Newing gets a lot of props for the arrow but he needs to get a lot more props for the dependability of the structure like did Prez set a record for pit stops like i think it was five he was on a roll that's the most i've ever seen them guinea pig a teammate it was just like oh let's throw him on inners now let's throw him on full wets let's and throw they never needed it it yeah. seemed so unnecessary towards the end the race itself was i guess at the beginning the first lap was really incredible. There was a lot of mm. contact going around. Stroll also was on a, a fucking bender yesterday. He could not stay out of the back of anybody. Mm -hmm. He must have collided with three, four people. He was yep. he was struggling. But um, just when you thought, okay, this thing's in the books. It's done. There's no movement. I'm going to get my Lando win. Uh, everything, yeah. all's good in the world. That rain came. And what a fun twist that was. My stress level watching Max in particular manage what was, I think at that point, like a 23 second lead. And I, in my head, I'm screaming like, bro, just 10% slower. He must have saved it 30 times where he's just barely touching the wall. It's not a like, lot. Yeah. Like ev several times a lap, it felt like. And he kept going on the radio, like, check everything. I hit the wall. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, just back off a little. Yeah, chill. He doesn't have chill He doesn't mode. have it. He doesn't have it. He's got no limp mode. But he did the right thing, didn't he? He just waited, basically. He waited it out. He was on knackered old tires. Rain came on, what, lap 54 or 55, something like that. And then... It was Alonso who blinked first, which I was surprised uh, at. But he came in and didn't get wets. He he didn't get intermediates, did he? He went on to another slick, a medium slick, I think. And then the rain came down hard and he had to stop again a lap later, basically. Yeah. That's kind of what's really impressive about Alonso's second is, yeah, he double pitted there. I mean, mm. so that gap was so enormous. I don't remember it last year being that gapped out. Well, so it would have been, what, about 
eight seconds or something had he only pit once oh to max yeah yes yeah. but i'm saying alcon he he was oh, able yeah. to get in and out twice stay ahead of alcon which means between max and alcon's like there's two full pit stops and 23 seconds mm-hmm. between first and third the alcon thing was weird though because he qualified so well with that awesome lap out of literally nowhere and then he seemed to just not drive quickly it, it made it just between verstappen and um and alonso because he got you know the gap back to ocon was big and no one could get past him but then occasionally he'd like pop in like a fastest lap or a fastest sector or something you're like why isn't he just driving as quick as he can drive it might have been better but yeah alonso still double stopped and still easily had him in the bag didn't he it definitely looked like alcon just was like i'm getting third that's what i gotta protect that my race is to get third i'm not gonna beat alonso or Max. Do you know what? I think the best thing that came out of the qualifying, particularly, and the whole race weekend, Alonso's been a beast all year, but I've doubted a little bit that he's got that final little bit to turn up and win a race and take it to Max in qualifying or whatever scenario. Just, you know, he is 44 or 45 or whatever. I just felt like he didn't have that last tenth or two. He's turning 42 just for the record, but he does look 53. Oh, yeah, he, it's misleading. He's going to turn 42 this year. But yeah, he's he's still got it. Like in qualifying, he was a monster. And I was like, okay, Alonso, given the opportunity, is absolutely going to take it and, and potentially win a race, which was cool. I thought that was a really good thing to take out the weekend. Totally agree. The only sad thing was, is this was the race. This was the track. He's just never going to have the car beyond Monaco for the straight line speed. Mm-mm. So I, I feel like this was, was it. It was right there. It was right there. One more yeah. lap if he had waited one lap. It would have been very interesting if he could have got off the line better and faster than Max to yeah. just see how that would have played out with Max behind him. And I got to believe Max would have gotten all around him, but still I think it could have been a good 13, 14 laps. Mm-hmm. Because there's just no speed. Yeah, they started him on the slow tire, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They slowed him on the hard tire so he didn't have the chance, which was a shame. But the other thing I thought about the weekend, the cars look so big. You know, in the really clumsy slow sections near the pits and yeah. stuff. The cars look ridiculous. They look like super tankers on those streets. That's why overtaking's become more difficult. The cars have just spiraled out of control. They're too big. I can't wait till it's like that Swedish off-road, the full-size truck off-road racing they do (laughs) that's what it should get to it was fun watching them slide around those five laps before they all switch to inners oh my god Um, that hairpin they're going down that hairpin (laughs) it just looks absurd it looks completely ridiculous and they're all just kind of nudging their way in there it looks like rush hour traffic somewhere I was also having so much PTSD growing up in Michigan on icy roads for half the year where you, that moment where you gently turn the wheel right or left and the car just heads completely straight no matter what. <laughs> we had that inside the cockpit shot so many times where just gentle, yeah, gingerly, and then no response, just straight. Yeah. Ooh. Magnuson seemed to be doing that a lot, didn't he? Magnuson seemed to hit the barriers several times. Someone locked up just in a downshift. Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was Mag- Magnuson or someone, but just that, and then that's it. Was it Magnuson that was lapped eight times? Yeah, someone was like, la- yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, eight times, eight times, eight times. I think it was Magnuson. At the oh end, it said plus eight laps. Oh my god! So they were like done with the interviews by the time Magnuson <laughs> yeah. came. 
I came across. Retired. I think he's still I mean, finishing. He's still. He's just got one he's still last going. <laughs> With the cleanup, everyone's. All the workers are there sweeping the track, taking on the barricades. Perez has stayed out there just to crash into him yeah. a couple of times to make it feel authentic. Lance is waiting in an alley to T-bone him. <laughs> and I didn't see, I don't know if they showed it. Did you see Russell go off? I don't think they showed it on the, the broadcast. Oh, yeah, because he said they didn't show it on the broadcast. He went off track, and that's when he, when he came on, that's when him and Perez. He crashed into Perez again, yeah. Yeah, so Magnuson was already down the road, down the escape road, trying to turn around, and Russell went in behind him. Yes. Didn't manage to hit him, which was good, but then as he rejoined the track, he basically uh-huh. just crashed into Perez as he rejoined. And it's insane, they both finished after that, because yeah. that was a decent yeah, decent collision. Yeah, they were double stacked inside <laughs> that runoff. It would have been great if a third and fourth car came in there and just became... That's brilliant. Yeah. There's a line bad, to get bad weekend for Perez, though. Yeah. Really rough weekend. Nightmare. Yeah, don't enjoy seeing that. I don't hate it because he was really hot on his championship run a couple races ago. So <laughs> Charlie's a just Charlie's a big Max ten percent evil. Well, he's just ten ten percent more evil. <laughs> so it's like any kind of carnage or emotional pain he's going to be drawn to. Yeah, just a slight. Yeah, like I want him either to to live up to his claims that he can compete for this championship or just crash and burn, which is what he's doing now. But as as we learn more and more about one another on this podcast, uh, now would be a great time just to let everyone know that Charlie, if you ask Charlie and you get him at a real moment of honesty, like what his dream job would be, he will admit cult leader. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much his like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. A church. Okay. A church leader. Large church leader, yeah. yeah. Like Hill, like a new Hill song. Um, okay, so Matt, what kind of juicy fallout has there been from this race? Is there drama that's been... There is. I got to play this little audio clip because it kind of reminded me of um, your weekend last weekend, Jethro. But this is of Lando Norris. Every lap. Every lap I thought, I'm crashed. I've crashed. No, you didn't. No, I swear. You don't realize how how tough it is inside the car. It's, uh, uh, Can you explain more detail? I can't, it's impossible. There's nothing that that compares to it, you know. Just Lando terrified the mm. whole race. And we were talking about how he was going. It's just like the whole thing. He's just like every corner you think you're going to crash. And that's just amazing to hear a driver just being so scared the whole race. Yeah. Should he tell us that, though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a weird thing to say. Like, it, it was weird when I was watching it, but I I guess he was just trying to explain what it feels like to do that race, because every driver during this weekend was saying, like, you don't understand. Everyone thinks this is a boring race, but for us, this is the most exciting, most adrenaline-pumping race on the grid. I think I, it's a challenge. I don't know why they'd be scared, though, because unless you're Max, who's got the chance to lose a load of points, like... If Lando crashes, he crashes. You're not going to hurt yourself that bad, is what I'm saying. You're not doing 200 miles an hour, you know. You're just going to feel a little bit silly, I think. I think the way he could have said the same thing but kept it more fun would have been to say he has anal fatigue from puckering so many times. Because I will say that's what I really started getting conscious of is like every one of those turns where the front end was just going straight, my own anus was clenching really hard. (laughs) And I thought, God, if they're in that car, like I, I bet you their rectums are actually fatigued today i bet everyone's feeling a little sore down there i mean they might be built up over the years they might have that's ironclad resters oh, <laughs> what's the it's like the neck exercise it is <laughs> oh man. lower down yes 
Oh, that that keister was tight as an F one driver's. Like maybe that's the high water mark for a tight keister. Yeah, proctologist in the office. Oh boy, you are got you a, like an F one. You got a, a driver? Are you a Formula One driver? I can't even get my finger in here. Check your prostate. We got Martin Brundle had two incredible moments this weekend. Mm. So the first one happened. I think it was pre race. You know, and he sees this elderly woman taking photographs. She was eighty nine years old, and he looks at her and he's like. We got to interview her. She looks like she's been doing this for a long time. Mm. So he calls her over. She immediately shakes his hand, gets real close to him. Mm. And she starts talking about her name and what she does. And he's asking her. Interviews kind of finished and she leans in and she doesn't think it's live or mic'd up. And she's like, I'm going to need your card. And then looks at him, (laughs) sticks her tongue out and winks at him. (laughs) And he doesn't know what to do. And then he just like looks away and he says, uh... Yeah, so good stuff. Oh, and, wow. and continues on it totally. She was Brundle got me too on the telecast. Oh, she wanted to get into Brundle. <laughs> Who doesn't? Sure, exactly. <laughs> then at the end, Brundle is going up to the Red Bull team and obviously wanting to ask a question of Horner, which Horner would talk to him. Absolutely. Oh, he talked to us. He yeah. talked to him. But this guy steps in the way from the Red Bull team in front of the live mic and says, I'm gonna get in fucking shit, dude. Oh, and then Mark oh. Brundle just goes, this is live, dude. And then corners <laughs> behind him and he goes to Horner and he's like, hey, Christian. And he's like, hey, Martin, and starts talking to him. Like, so everyone's online. like, this guy's getting fired. Like, this guy's <laughs> swearing on fucking live television. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, Ocon almost bailed on the podium. Why? He went and shook the, the prince, I think the prince and the princess's hand above them of Monaco and then steps down onto the first place podium. And then goes to his third place podium, and the podiums were not locked in place. And oh. the podium starts to slip out, and he starts to go, and there's no footage of what actually happened, but it looked like he was going down. Uh. And then there was also in the post-race interview, um, there was a picture taken, and then Alonzo just rested his foot up on the first place podium. Uh. So him and Max were talking shit about it after, and he was just like, I just wanted to see how it feels up there. Well, now's a great time to remind everyone, although F1 did take over the telecast from the Monegasque, they still were in charge of construction. So that's that, that <laughs> yeah. was a Monegasque platform that, that had not been secured. So maybe next year, the FBI, FIA. What did they keep calling the prince? What did they keep calling the prince? That's some ridiculous official name for him. Did you remember what it was like? His Serene Majesty yeah. or something. And they kept saying, I was like, why, why are they saying this? Is this some sort Serene of Serene Majesty. Hey, well, I'm pretty sure it was something like His Serene Majesty. I was like, it's just some dude. What are you talking about? You're pretending he's in a fucking storybook from the 1600s. We're all playing along. Maybe that's what we'll call Charlie when he's a cult leader. Yes. The Serene, the, yeah, the yeah, Serene Supreme. The Serene Supreme. By the way, you just said it, and I'm not, it's now occurring to me, that must be the most popular word in Britain, which is knackered, because Crofty kept saying knackered mm-hmm. medium tires. Yeah. I wanted to call this episode knackered medium tires because it was said about 25 <laughs> times yesterday. And I wanted to ask you, Jethro, when I was in the UK, there's like, I, I don't know how to call it, but when people say knackered, they'll say something else like, what am I, cheese and crackered? Or, and it also refers uh, to the same thing. Cream cracker. Cream cracker. like, yeah, which is, but I don't think many people under the age of 55 to 60 say that. But yeah, yeah knackered is, knackered is you, Instead of saying tired, you say I'm cream crackered. <laughs> Because I cream crack it. And isn't all that, Jethro, based on like these 
Cockney limericks, these like, there's this. That's the Cockney rhyming slang, yeah. So they have their own little um, language, I guess. Some of which has slipped into the parlance of Guy everyday use. Yeah, but but yeah, <laughs> but not much. Knackered. I, I guess people would know what you said if you say cream cracker, mm-hmm. that's for sure. I started saying it a lot. Charlie, what do you got? Um, well, I thought it was interesting. Laurent Rossi had called out Alpine and just basically said he was going to make some changes if their performance didn't pick up. And so he came out and said he was very pumped on the, the result. And that was kind of not completely eating crow, but it's fun to see them come out and yeah. congratulate the team after. And what do we think for DeVries? I mean, to me, this at best felt like a push. It was not the improvement I thought would potentially save his no. seat. What's Well, because they look close on the grid, but the, like what you said, what were they like 30 to 50 seconds apart? Yeah. And Yuki was having a bad race on top yeah. of it. He was kind of not happy. He was, he was screaming. He had one of his little temper tantrums and I loved it. What did I he say? It. He, well, he was like, you're trying to make me crash. He yeah. was like yeah. screaming. You're trying to make he said me there's crash. no breaks. And he said, are you trying to make me crash? Yes. He was losing his shit and then quickly got uh, passed by three people. Uh, and, and it was perfect. Out. Cause he was ninth. Mm, and uh, I was just watching. And then there goes Norris. I'm like, boom. And then <laughs> 20 seconds later, Piastri, right? I had, 20 seconds of feeling good about that pick. Yeah. Well, I got to say, I had about 56 minutes of it, and that's worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you're just like, there's just no way. This Although I was kind of watching the time tick down. I'm like, ooh, this could this could happen. This is kind of perfect. Towards the end, and then boom. I became the biggest Piastri fan of my history because I was praying he would pass Norris. I'm like, come on, Piastri. Uh-huh. Show him what you got. You're a good little driver. Get up there and pass Norris. Norris looked good all weekend. It's kind of fun to see this is a track where you can see that the driver's skill yeah. can make up for some of the lack of performance of the car. And so he was up there, which also means Piastri had a good race day because he was keeping up with him. So that was fun to see. They didn't finish great, but it was fun to see them up there competing all weekend. Ferrari had some more strategic confusion, right? There was, <laughs> yeah, everyone was mad. Sainz was mad, really mad at one point, And Leclerc was mad at one point. Sainz wanted to stay out and they pitted him early and he flipped out over the radio. Yeah. Um, he apologized he after. He apologized. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he said, did. don't judge me for my talk on the radio. Why wouldn't it already crashed into the back of Ocon as well, hadn't he? Like, science, yeah. it felt like a little bit of a rush of blood to the head the whole race again. But Ferrari, I thought Leclerc would pull out some magic. So I was a little bit disappointed that it was just a bit so-so in qualifying. He didn't star really at all, did he? And they they just find a way to be deeply average wherever you go, it seems, Ferrari, don't they? It's it's sort of sad to see. Well, Horner had said that he, he had a, anticipated Ferrari would be their stiffest competition this weekend, and they were not. It's interesting. They kept, uh, when the rain started coming down and they were talking to Max over the radio, they kept telling him it was his call on when to pit. They gave him all the information, told him the weather patterns, what other people were doing, and kind of said, here's what you have to work with. Let us know when you want to pit. As they should. As they should. And it just seems like they should do that more with the other driver. I mean, even Alonso, I think if he had been given a little information, do you want to stay out for another lap and see? It's your call. Because obviously he's on the track, he knows how the car feels, and if he's told he's got, you know, a two-second cushion, if he needs to slow it, whatever it is, and same with science, like, hey, the rain's coming, let us know when you think you need to come in for performance. I don't know, there seems like a lot of tactical blunders that could be resolved by just giving the drivers a little more say. And it seems like a handful of the drivers really can juggle all that, Max being one of them. Certainly Alonzo seems to be so on top of everyone's position on track. So calm. Just like Max. He's like, he knows everything that's happening behind him some, yeah, somehow. somehow. But then at the same time, there's 
I don't think Lewis, I, I hear Lewis be wrong. It feels like more than 50% of the time. He's always bitching about uh, a strategic decision <laughs> that was made that ultimately proves to have been the right one. That seems to be the pattern. Mm -hmm. He does do that a lot. He, and he did it again yesterday. It's like, I, every time I want to, I start rooting for him. I love him. I don't know what's so triggering. He got on the radio during the rain. He's like, well, it's just getting pretty dangerous out here, mate. Like the suggestion being what? Quit? Or that it's not dangerous on any other for everyone else. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. There was something so defeated about that. It sound really sounded like he was trying to start a movement to call the race or something. Yeah, it's a shame. He was pretty on it as well this weekend, wasn't he? So yeah. it's a shame when he says stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Because he was driving the shit out of the car. He's out driving Russell, which I love seeing. And I'm I'm in. I'm like, yeah, this guy is a bad motherfucker. His quality was good. All that stuff. And then he gets on the radio and seemingly is asking. <laughs> to shut it down because he was just rain. looking out for everyone he's yeah, he taking is. care of and did people. you guys see that i was telling dax there is a petition out in change.org to fire the ferrari race engineer after this weekend because he didn't tell leclerc about the uh when he impeded lando and qualifying and got the penalty grid and then throughout the race that's like apparently 500 signatures on this thing <laughs> that's so stupid yeah that was a big one that three spot drop yeah for yeah. leclerc I don't know how how he continues to show up to work, and he never really blows up on the radio. He's had a just a couple of heated ones, and it's when they've just screwed him so bad. Both of them are so sweet, forgiving and, and forgiving. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Science apologized, and he didn't say anything, just kind of like regular old communication about being pissed about the timing, and but everyone does it. Yeah, I mean, Yuki yelled at his engineer, and he had to go out and apologize for it, and saying, mm -hmm. "Don't judge me for this." Anyone else would be just live it and losing it i feel like but they got two drivers that are so forgiving there is there's something interesting to be observed about the difference between science and yuki yeah when yuki has his tantrum when he gets out of the car you want to tickle him mm -hmm. in science you want to be like don't scream at everyone you handsome stud that's not your role you're a you're a spanish god it's not a good look yeah, you're the you. king of spain you can't do that. Yuki, get over here. You're talking like that on the microphone, yelling, oh, what are you doing, you little stinker? Stay tuned for more F1 with DRS. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. 
Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, okay, so this episode is both a Monaco debrief, of course, for round seven, which although it was only the sixth race, round seven, but we are now immediately on top of Spain, round eight, and I went ahead and watched the recap of last year's race. It's spectacular. I'm reminded that Spain is such an opposite circuit as Monaco. It's so wide. There's turns where people are three deep going through them, passing on the outside in Spain. It's huge and wide and fast, and it's going to be an incredible race. And last year was uh, so eventful. If you guys remember, Science beached it, Max beached it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But also finished first. That was the race last year where Max's DRS wasn't working and he was hitting the button so much they had to beg him to stop hitting the button. Uh, he was just in there playing it like a video game. It was the first time we saw Russell really get into it. He was battling Max that race quite a bit, and he was fearless. And that's when the momentum started shifting for everyone. And then, of course, Leclerc DNF'd mechanically, uh, and they made Checo give up his position so Max could go by. So incredible race last year. I hope that we'll see something eventful this week Homecoming as well. for Alonso. Yeah. Yeah, so how many? It's Alonso. It's science. It's uh, is Alcon. He's he's a Spaniard, yeah. No, he's French. Oh, he's French, 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 French. So sorry. I feel more and more like we're getting closer to the reality of Red Bull just winning every race. I know it's still early doors, but with both of it, I know Perez had a nightmare, but I, I don't know. I, I can't see anyone beating them, and they don't seem to want to blow up. And Perez has proven you can drive them through a wall or a barrier or every other car on the track <laughs> and not retire. It's like, <laughs> it, it's short of a nuclear strike, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what's going to stop them winning a race. Well, that was what was curious about P1 and P2 and P3. There, that P1, you're like, okay, yeah. yeah, their advantage is gone. Like, they don't, there's no top end speed to be utilized here they've got no real advantage and then magically they do of course yeah Yeah. i mean although clearly the gap wasn't as big there or we would have seen Perez probably much more competitive throughout yeah it's not as big because it's a short lap but i mean if even if an outlier at monaco they dominate pretty well don't they like max basically disappeared up the road and that gave him Mm -hmm. all the time to take his decisions nice and calmly in the rain you think if you get somewhere like Hareth where everyone's tested a million times and they know it and it's better for overtaking now. I think they modified the circuit not very long ago to make it better. But even so, yeah, who's coming at them? Ferrari are falling apart again. Mercedes seem a little bit stronger, but still a way off. It's basically just Alonso. He's the only guy who can upset the party, really. Well, the, I would guess the big hope is that Mercedes, whose upgrades were supposed to be at Imola, that are supposed to favor more high speed, you know, yeah, there was not a, an enormous leap forward from Mercedes and Monaco. 
per se, but I'm still a little optimistic that maybe yeah. we'll see these changes on a faster track. I, I, I hope. I hope you're right. I'd love to see a pit stop disaster. Like Red Bull really hasn't had one. I think Max needs a good pit stop disaster like near the end of the race that's going to bring that field a little closer. Well, in Spain is a two-stop, or at least last year it yeah. was a two-stop race, so that ups the likelihood. Well, I hope so. I love Spain, so um, let's hope so. What's the history of Spain, Jethro? That's obviously like a purpose-built track. Yeah, that's a, always has been an F1 track. Funnily enough, it's been known as quite a boring track because what they used to do, winter testing was always at Jerez, so everyone knew it, you know, backwards, forwards, upside down, like everyone knew every detail about that track. Um, it's a really good testing track because it's got a lot of varied corners and, and high downforce corners, medium speed, transient turns, etc. So the teams love testing there because it told them a lot about their cars, but it made for a boring race because everyone knew the order, basically. Everyone knew exactly how to extract the maximum from their car. But they had a couple of winter tests where it basically rained and was cold, which is quite unusual in Spain, but it's the middle of winter when they do those. Obviously, it's January. Um, and so they've moved the testing to places like Bahrain, where it's much hotter and much more dependable. And they've modified the track slightly to create some overtaking opportunities. And they've made it last year, like you say, they turned it into a really good racetrack. So if it continues on that path, it makes it more unpredictable and it, it hopefully could be good. I mean, yeah, Leclerc retired from the lead again, did he last time? Yes, mechanical issue. This is when it was just falling apart for Ferrari. Science stuck it in the gravel and then moaned about wind. Is that right? A change of wind direction. They did, but he and Max both, I guess, turn four. It's a kind of downhill right hander. Mm. And then the beach is out on the left. And it was an identical loss of the rear end that Max had. So, yes, I just think we should all be puckering extra tight turn four keep your eye on turn four that seems to be where the action's at where the launching pad to the beach is well let's hope alonso can stick it to them yeah. that'd be great in his home crowd it'd be awesome yeah. yes um and of course we would hope signs has a nice race although yeah. not nicer than charles because that's who we love the most but there's a lot of love to go around so <laughs> um let's hear a little gossip and then let's do some predictions we're already at predictions and we'll start charlie with you so i'm gonna let you start thinking now okay great <laughs> <laughs> I want to give you a little lead time. In fact, I should have told you last night before bed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that was very weird that I noticed is at the end of the race, you know, there's always like the mechanics and the whole team are kind of behind a fence and then the driver gets out and they get to celebrate with them. And there was a bunch of security in red full jumpsuits holding hands, blocking them mm. side by side and no one could really get through them. And it was really just a weird and there's all these videos now that are like, referring to them as like Oompa Loompas. And they're just, it was the most awkward scenario. Like, don't know why there was a fence. I think this has to do with the... Monogas. Yeah, the Monga... Mongadash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. say it still. That's why I won't say it. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, we also have at the end of the press conference after the race, um, Max and Alonzo were obviously just so annoyed. They kept asking questions and they kind of looked at their time and they looked and they were asking each other like, how long has it been since we got out of the car? Mm. Two hours. And you could just imagine they're like, we get it. We get this whole thing. We want to be here to help the public and to do all this press. But like two hours after we finish our job, we maybe want to start getting home. That's fair. I got to imagine that is compounded given where they're at. Like they're in Monaco. Yeah. They're about to go 
get already, on a yacht, already in the street, dive into a pool holding a trophy, yeah. and get hammered. And we, from what we've heard, <laughs> allegedly, Max loves to tip it back. So he's probably like, I should be hammered by. We're trying to get on Conor McGregor's yacht. Yes. He had his Lambo yacht. There was like these pictures of him, and he has the whole thing surrounded by Irish colored flag, like balloons all around, oh, wow. and it's just him though on it. So he's just low. sitting there flexing, and I was like, oh. what a move! You're just you're not bringing your friends. You're just there alone. And I got to ask, I was talking to you, what do you guys think it costs for a boat slip for oh, just that weekend? This. Not the cost of the yacht, just right. the boat slip to watch the race from. I was wondering this very question. Yeah. It, uh, and I've known, you've known for uh, three days. And it's been, Didn't tell you. Yeah. yeah. Driving me nuts to find out. I'm going to guess. But, but really quick, um, back to our fighter, McGregor, lonely at the top. Okay. Lonely, Can, lonely. Yeah, lonely at the top. But okay. he's sitting in his Lambo yacht, yeah. front row to Monaco. Listen, it. I, I, my hat's off to anyone that can take on that amount of attention mm -hmm. and just plant your flag and hold there. Because even I've got some cars <laughs> that get attention, and I love the cars, and I want the cars to get attention. But even if people are staring at me at the light, I'm like, I can't pull this off. I don't want this kind of attention. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have my window up. I picture myself standing uh, by myself on a yacht, knowing there's lots of cameras pointed at me and thinking, that's right, y'all, take it in. I'm by myself on this. Yeah, I would be so <laughs> self-conscious. I can't. I'd be reading a magazine or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, he has built his empire on this PR stuff. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yes. He's like, a performance artist. And all the fight buildup and all the buildup. So. I'm sure it's part of his But it's so dude-ish. Like, I bet oh. there's so many dudes that are like, yeah, bro, that's what I want. Like, fucking my own yacht, sit on the back by myself. Like, that's <laughs> just a weird fantasy he's portraying. It's a really <laughs> weird thing. I would hate that. No, All I know. I want to be everyone with... I know on yes. that yacht. So sorry I interrupted you. I okay, wanna, both So what left. do you think? I want to guess. Just that weekend. I want to guess 200 grand. Oh. Wow. Well, what what I saw on a Reddit feed that's a bit high, that, okay. but it's a hundred grand. But apparently, and this is debatable, what I saw on the Reddit feed, someone was saying that they know someone. It's a hundred grand, but you also are kind of paying a bribe to the harbor master of twenty grand. Oh, cool! So that is needed, but that is more <laughs> that expensive is than the entire year to have that spot there. Sure. So well, also what to more to more like a big old super yacht type thing the one at the 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 very in front the marina track view those slips that doesn't seem very much at all yeah i don't ones, think so either. i agree I was, I was gonna say yeah. like a million bucks like isn't well, there a ticket for vegas that's like a million bucks no but they're saying if you don't own the yacht and you need to rent the yacht and get gas that could be upwards to a million dollars it's just the parking spot, basically. Those super yachts, they cost like 250 grand just to fill with fuel. So 100,000 bucks to park it at Monaco in front of the Grand Prix seems a bargain to me. It's half a tank of gas for these guys or less. Yeah. I mean, two things. Yes. When you're the vessel you're on is six, seven hundred million dollars, it does seem like, yeah, to park it the number one spot you ever want to go to in the full calendar year, I would, yeah, anything under a million would make sense to me. But filling a boat, I just want to throw out there, we had a boat, 42-foot, tri-engine outboards, beautiful boat, Hydrosport, when we were in Miami. But also moderately sized. like Yeah, 42 feet. Yeah. Not, not 200 feet. And I filled that boat up from half tank. And what was it? 6,500 Six, or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Jethro, I was like, and we were cruising. I was about, to, I was about to be like, I'll pay for half the gas, and I saw it going up, and I was like, 
I think I got to go take a shit in the bathroom for 20 minutes. Oh my God. It was 6,500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I was watching the pump and I just was having all these waves of emotion. Like A is, it needs to be filled up. There's no getting out of this uh, outcome. And I'm just watching it go above a thousand and above 2000. And I'm, I'm like, wow, like, what are we buying here? A small car? What's this going to be at the end of the I- day? Could not. I don't think it was sixty five hundred, but I do think, I think it, was it was approaching three. Was it? I think it was six oh. grand. And you weren't flooring it all weekend. No, so we like you were driving it no, irresponsibly. We were putting around. Well, we did For, floor oh. it and right into the sandbar. But we learned not to throw. Other, other than that, we were just trolling around. That's right. I do think it was over six thousand because that's in my head. I did, I just remember leaving like I felt like I got punched in the stomach really hard. That sucks. And it's a, the old school. Uh, dial that's just manually ticking over it's not such a hazard style gas. and i was watching that like what is going on problems connor knows intimately well so i i went to a spanish super yacht i did a weirdly did a story for a super yacht magazine and i went down to this marina which was in barcelona actually it's called the port vel super yacht marina it's gorgeous and they were saying whatever you spend on a super yacht you pay I think it was 20% per year in running the boat. So if you pay 400 million, you're paying 20% of that to staff it, fuel it and run it and moor it as well. Cause it, they all cost a fortune wherever. And most of them have like a place where they can moor it in say Europe and then one in the Caribbean or whatever, you know? So it's insane money, like yeah. completely insane money. You're just trying to get rid of it as quick as you can. It's just, it's piling up. You're going to drown under it if you don't start spending some of it. And why not just rent one? That's the move, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You don't worry about anything. You get off, you're gone, you're done. Again, it's that dumb male, like the pride of, this is my boat. I'm Connor. I'm sitting on the end of my, but mine, mine, this is mine. Mine, (laughs) mine, mine, mine. I love being on a boat. Oh, me too. Like if I had the money and I could waste it on a billion dollar yacht, I would do it. I don't think I want the, I want the boat like we had in Miami. Yes. Yep. Because I want to be able to maneuver around. We could whip in under those bridges that we needed to pull into that parking spot. And and you could fish on that thing. The the action scene, what's going on on the super yacht. So you want to be able to like zip from this one to that yeah. one to over there. Oh, what's, it looks like people are throwing beads over there. Yep. Let's go over. The, yeah, that was. And more manageable. I don't want to have to have someone else do all the things because <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. this 200 foot yacht. We also tangled with the law a little bit. We wanted to get close to a cruise ship and we went down yeah. this big shipping lane that was dead empty was and we <laughs> found out why. Because <laughs> yeah, once we why. started cruising down there, Jethro, all of a sudden Three fucking uh, police speedboats. Harbor Patrol. Harbor Patrol surrounded us and mm-hmm. told us to turn it around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, shall we go to predictions? Um, I think we should reverse the order. So I, I want to say, you did you pick last, yeah. Charlie? You've had some oh, time. Oh, boy. To think about I'm just, it. I'm going to stick with Yuki. Okay, that's smart. He, you should keep picking him until you win with him. I mean, he, he, he was, was there close. again. Yeah. How does he do it every time? Like the car is basically the slowest car, isn't it? Like he's doing a great job. It's pretty much the slowest car on the grid, and Yuki is going to be between ninth and eleventh, basically every every time. It's amazing. Guess what? Last year in Spain, he was tenth. As I was watching yeah. the recap, I was like, "Yeah, there it is. He's tenth. God, that's his spot." Yeah, he should get ten tattooed somewhere <laughs> on him. P ten. Yeah, P ten. Yeah. So you're going Yuki, Charles, Matt. I want to go Lando. All right, Jethro, who do you think? 
Um, I'm so bad at this. Um, uh, guess what? We all are. It's only been won twice in six you. races. <laughs> but I keep getting like, I put Ocon, he came third. I mean, what what is going on? Do you know what? Uh, do you know who I'm really impressed with at the minute is Albon. Like, yeah. he keeps driving so well. Like, he puts the car where it shouldn't be, and I think he's got a shot. Albon. I'm going Alex Albon for Williams. I like that. I like that. Um, I'm going to go with the Frenchman, uh, Pierre Gasly. Mm. I feel like Gasly could, you know, as much as anyone else, end up in the 10th spot. That's <laughs> proving to be nearly impossible to predict. It's impossible to predict. I, I was thinking about it yesterday when we were watching, because I was, yeah, your pick was a mess, Jethro. I mean, so was mine. Yours ended up being on the podium. Uh, mine yeah. was the only DNF. <laughs> yeah, man, had the only DNF. Everyone was pretty <laughs> fucked. And I thought... We could definitely finish this season out with only two times having won it, which would be like under ten percent, which would, <laughs> would really or be. or four times, and it's just Yuki four times, and then we we we're done, <laughs> yeah. we're done after that. Oh, yeah. we'd have to be done, yeah, because we did make that rule. Um, well, look, I I love that we're back to back. Monaco got me turbocharged oh. again. It was so nice to have the whole weekend of activity. I oh, I loved it. Yeah. Um, just when I start wondering if i'm losing interest in the sport there's a weekend like monaco and i go no no i I want every single weekend of my life to be just like this Mm -hmm. they need 52 races a year maybe they could start a second whole series with 10 other teams that just at least ran in the off season so we could have non-stop winter series yeah winter series well it would be nice to have like the reserve drivers they have like a mini series almost competing to get their spots in the car that would be exciting. Okay, it's a shootout to move up. Yeah. I, I, I approve that strategy. I like that. Yeah. Okay, great. It's been passed. We held a vote. Uh, there was a quorum, and now that'll be the winner league. We can't go a whole episode without making a formal uh, yeah. suggestion to the FIA. No, we so. know best. We've been into this sport for over 26 months. <laughs> I'm going to make another suggestion if we're talking about <laughs> FIA rules. Maybe we can start a petition to have James Vowell maybe be on the broadcast just a little less. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What are they doing? Only principle that has any conversation. Or if you're going to commit to him, fix the audio. Yes. If you're going to commit 20 minutes every weekend to this guy, make it sound good. Also, like, listen, you learn to drive a car with turbo lag. Like, you're getting on the gas earlier in the turn on the exit, knowing that you're not going to build boost to the car straight. You have to anticipate that turbo lag. Someone needs to ask him the question Three seconds before Brundle or Crofty asks him the question, because mm-hmm. he's got a turbo <laughs> lag on par with the 930 Porsche. I mean, it's just nothing, and then it's on. And he's got to find some levels in his voice. It is just monotone. Is he the only one they can get? That's my theory. Yeah. In fact, Matt and I were talking about He's like, why do you think they've picked him? And I'm like, because I think he's made himself available. Oh, God. The other teams are like, I don't have time. To talk to everybody every six minutes, I'm trying to. After run. each race, he's like, "So if you guys need me next weekend, I I can." I'm going to have time. time. I just looked at the schedule for Spain. It looks like I'm going to have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to spend so much time on strategy because we know we're not going to be up there. Uh, it really frees up some time to join the broadcast. Yeah, it's like they're off of Zach Brown. Zach was our previous. Yeah, I haven't version. seen him at all. And Zach again, he too didn't seem terribly knowledgeable or informative so well he was at indy this weekend he was there yeah but did you guys actually speaking of indy quick did you guys see that tire situation tiger woods or an actual tire 
Oh, like tire. tire. So there was a crash in Indy. Oh, and yeah. And someone clipped the tire. The tire left the car, went about 100 feet in the air, went over the barrier oh, that protects the, the crowd, audience. just missed the crowd. And then it showed later they found like the car, like there was a car in the parking lot that it hit oh, and wow. took out the front end. Wow. Like if that yeah. hit a group of people, that they were that dead. That was lucky, yeah. It was, they would be dead. Find the video after because it is the most insane thing about it. Well, you guys got to watch the the like 70s footage of those um, midget racing where it's like the car would start cartwheeling, go over the fence into the fucking bleachers, a full oh my God. <laughs> 2,800-pound little two-chassis race car with V8. You imagine uh, getting killed by a tire, a, a rogue tire. Oh, oh. Well, actually, <laughs> I put that high on the yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, I think about drowning or burning alive in a... Th- there's a whole t- uh, thread on Twitter that I should send you of tires, like, falling off cars and causing mayhem. Not race cars on the road. It's amazing to behold. Tires, like, falling off cars, going into, like, people sat outside cafes at the front. <laughs> oh, please send hitting, us. <laughs> like, pedestrians. It's, it's insane. It's, some of them are scary. Yeah, yeah. There was one that went viral around here. I guess three weeks ago, someone's tire on the highway came off. Yeah, and right at that moment, this like crossover type SUV hit it dead center, and it just launched the fucking car and barrel rolled it. Yeah, it was a Kia Soul. That's yeah. what it was. It? it was a Kia Soul. Good and job. It flies. It does. It looks like a video game, and you're like. Well, it doesn't matter how great of a defensive driver you are. If you're driving down the road within a quarter of a second, a car's <laughs> a tire's under your axle, and you're just fucking barrel rolling without uh, any warning whatsoever. What a moment. Oh, what's going to believe you? Thank God <laughs> no. for dash cams. No one would have believed that guy. I just ran over a pickup tire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyways, long-winded way to say I'm back on fire. I'm so thrilled that Spain is only a few days away. Hopefully oh your gym my. is in order now. That's why you weren't joining us, I presume. Oh you still got another weekend on that job. It's, uh, I, I don't know, to okay. be determined. It's, <laughs> I bit off more than I could chew. Let's yeah, say. that's the way we do. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Jethro, Charlie had to text me. What do you think of me having 3,000 pounds of weights in the bed of my Toyota? I thought about it. I think it's four grand, 4,000. 4,000 pounds in the bed. It probably has a bed weight recommendation of like 800 pounds. It said pass. I looked after I texted you. Yeah. It was all the weights and some equipment in my pickup truck. I looked inside. It said 1,200 pounds with cargo and passengers. Okay, great. So yeah, oh. 400 payload or 800 payload in the thing and you 5X that. <laughs> I said, don't even worry about it. I once drove a C10 Chevy full of brochures and back and under the gentlest of acceleration, the front wheels came off the ground and we drove that thing 30 <laughs> miles. So <laughs> worry not until <laughs> the front wheel, as long as you can steer, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> and it drives normal now post. Oh, move. Yeah, maybe oh, even better. Better. Yeah. Uh, At least better. Broke, yeah. broke it in a little lower. bit. Yeah. It's just lower. You basically have bypass suspension now. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I love all of you, and I'm so excited for another great weekend in the sunshine in Spain. Lots of passing, wide track, people going into the gravel. It's going to be spectacular. So everyone have a great week until then, and remember to push, 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 push. Push.